it's continually comical that the UCLA Bruins basketball team is simply underrated and at other times overrated. What did Mick Cronin's comments meet the other night? Let's talk about it and talk about UCLA versus Cal on Locked On UCLA. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host. It's Zach Anderson, the Oxheimer. Welcome to the Locked On UCLA podcast. Thanks for tuning in wherever you get your podcast. It's free and it's available wherever you get them. It's on YouTube. So, like, comment, and subscribe. And uh, thanks for making it your first listen each and every day. If you're w- watching on YouTube and you're wondering what's on my face, I just went on a hike. It's sunscreen. If you're listening, doesn't matter. All right, let's rock and roll. Mick Cronin stirred the pot a little bit over the weekend after the UCLA Bruins dominant victory over the Cal Golden Bears because the selection committee said, all right, what is your top 16 teams in the field of 68 for the NCAA tournament? And interestingly enough, despite analytics, despite rankings, despite everything showing UCLA is probably and should be a top four team worthy of a number one seed, the Bruins found themselves as the number eight overall seed, which means you're a two seed. And not only were they a two seed, they have Arizona ranked ahead of them. They had Texas ranked ahead of them. The Bruins were the last two seed and on the verge of a three seed far away from the West, as opposed to playing in Sacramento and playing potentially in a West regional final in the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight in Las Vegas before the Final Four is in Houston this year. Interestingly enough, Mick Cronin did not take kindly with the post-game media availability. He was asked, hey, what do you think about the ranking? Well, he went on to say, I'm trying not to laugh. There's fallout from us moving from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, and hence, Martin Germain was supposed to be on the selection committee. Pac-12 put Arizona's AD in there. And in his one-word answer that got extended out, he said it was comical on the ranking that UCLA is not in the top four or higher up on the two-seed list. So let's talk about this. Why are the Bruins underrated? And then we'll talk about on the Pac-12 Big Ten fallout later. UCLA comes in overall in a year where there's no great college basketball teams. 23-4, and 14-2 in conference, 15-0 and at home. And all their wins are away from home, two away from home in conference, and two neutral site losses, which seem to be weighing down the Bruins immensely. So what are the games that are hurting UCLA's chance to not only be a two-seed in the West, but a one-seed, a crucial one-seed overall? Well, the Bruins had those weird losses in November, and while Baylor has certainly gone from in the ranking, out of the rankings, and crawling back up before their loss to Kansas— Bruins went back and forth against the Bears. That wasn't a horrible loss, five-point game against Baylor. What's killing and crushing the Bruins are the leads they held against Illinois and USC by big leads in the end of the first half, nine-point lead against the Fighting Illini on a West Coast neutral site game, and then the big one 
against USC, where the Bruins led by 12 at the half and eventually got dominated in the second half by the Trojans, getting outscored by 25. Those two games alone are what may be helping the cause for the naysayers across the country that say, all right, all you pollsters are putting UCLA in the top four, and it seems like everybody adjusted to the NCAA committee because the Bruins did not move up higher from their four position in the AP poll, despite some movement and some losses in front. Well, despite UCLA playing Stanford and Cal, none of those will be quad one wins. So what's hurting the Bruins? Those two losses, and while the loss to Arizona is not bad, the head-to-head to Arizona, and since it wasn't, say, a last-second gimmicky last shot, Arizona held the lead for the majority of the second half, held the lead heading into the locker room at halftime. The Bruins are losing the head-to-head edge considering they don't play the, the Wildcats until the regular season finale in Pauley Pavilion, which could really shore up some doubts for UCLA's hopes to be one seed or at least take the two seed in the West away from Arizona and keep the Bruins closer to home and send the Wildcats away. So despite all the, the rankings, the net rankings, which have taken over from the RPI days, RPI still used in the archaic sports that we love, like college baseball and such, but RPI has been replaced by the net, and then everybody likes to look at Ken Palm, and McCronin commonly refers to the Ken Palm in terms of his offense's efficiency, his defensive standouts, and those are always some of the best ratings the Bruins have this year. One of the best defensive teams in the country, alongside uh, the likes of Houston, who's now number one. In the net ranking, which is what the NCAA is supposed to use in their rankings as to, all right, who's the top four? How do you move the seed lines? Who gets what destination? The net has UCLA as a four. And if you're not analytically inclined, it just bases all the results across the country. You have quad one wins, quad two wins, which is a similar system to the RPI, which was, all right, who have you beaten? Where? Was it at home? Was it on the road? How have other teams done? And considering the Bruins went and beat down Maryland, and Maryland just came and beat Purdue, Purdue has kind of fallen out of favor, at least in the most recent rankings, and the Bruins look a lot better with that beat out of Maryland. Kentucky, which was supposed to be a game, big game, they're flirting on the bubble, maybe in, maybe off, by the week. So those big games the Bruins have won haven't exactly helped them out in terms of the eye test. They haven't beaten Arizona, at least yet, in terms of your resume right now. And then there's some the feedback, all right, their offense has gone weird. They lost to SC, and SC is flirting on the bubble, and they're currently, I think, in, in the latest projections. But they are that close, one snap of a finger away from being outside the bubble. So the SC win doesn't look as good. And the rest of the Pac-12, the Oregon wins aren't as impressive because they're out, they're out. The Utah win, they've fallen out of favor. Arizona State is flirting on trending out of the tournament. So all the Bruins wins haven't looked as dynamic as they could or they should. It's the Maryland win, and despite the Kentucky win, those are what's hurting the Bruins. But then again, you look at the team. You use the eye test. You've got one of the better players in the country who is on paper maybe 1A, 1B for battling Pac-12 Player of the Year, which we will talk about in another episode. That's not the debate we're having today. There's Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. There's Pac-12 Freshman or Freshmen in plural form of the year. There is all Pac-12 teams, all those things, and the Bruins have players in every position, while the post and interior, we've seen the flashes of Bona, almost every position the Bruins have 
a guy who can fill a role. The shooter veteran in Singleton, the point guard, everything they've got in Tiger. You have Jaquez, who's just criminally underrated and just a kind of a, an odd-sized four-man who can use his moves undersized and hit his shot. And then you got Bona, the athleticism in the post. Omari Bailey speaks for himself, which we'll talk in, about him later. So the Bruins seemingly, once again, are underrated or maybe, maybe getting a dose of their own medicine for leaving into the Big Ten, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But just we'll finalize these thoughts. UCLA is being hurt by their lack of an extremely quality win, which is no fault of their own. They went to Maryland for no reason. They just said, hey, we got a game in New York. Let's go to Maryland. Kicked their butt. Went to Kentucky in New York. Beat them. But it's November hurting them, and it's that SC loss hurting them. You take away one of those, you're probably ahead of Arizona maybe, although that head-to-head is seemingly holding away at this moment. And it's just those two bad losses at SC and Illinois in terms of the way it happens. Big leads, and they just completely flopped in the second half. That is the difference for UCLA potentially holding weight. Well, let's talk about the rest of McCronin's comments after we tell you about LinkedIn Jobs. Because maybe, just maybe, you might need some new committee members. Martin Germain's no longer on it. It's the Arizona AD. As you need a small business owner or as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that your success in this calendar year depends on who you surround yourself with. What does that mean? Well, with LinkedIn Jobs, they make it easier for you to to hire and interview qualified candidates. They can use their social media effects. They can have quickly, uh, they make it easier to find the qualified candidates. I'm not speaking the best of it right now. It's simple. All you have to do is rate your applicants. They make it easier to screen your candidates. And small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires compared to leading competitors. That's as simple as it is. You can post your job for free for your qualified candidates. You can talk to them faster, get them quicker. Your job for free can be posted at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Rumbling on for locked on UCLA because Mick Cronin gave us lots to digest. Just in the post game alone, with the NCAA tournament selection preview, which can all slide back and forth, and UCLA beat Cal. We got to talk about all that in Locked On UCLA. We can't forget to shout out UCLA softball, kicking some major butt, but that's not the part of this episode. I have five episodes a week, generally, at minimum. So we'll talk about softball on another day when they should be number one in the country. My eyes are watering. It's because sunscreen's in my eyes if you're watching on YouTube. Either way, let's rock and roll for Locked On UCLA. Mick Cronin had a couple of other comments beyond the comical ranking. Talk about the lob to the media. You guys use your opinions and talk about it. He talked about, one, there's fallout from the move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. And then, additionally, kept referring to, hey, got to go talk to Martin. Go talk to Martin. I'm referring you to the administration for the rest. And that there's additional fallout because it wasn't in my decision. I'm here to coach a basketball team. But the world is changing, NIL, and he keeps... Interesting part, I want to kind of digest a little bit here. Payers will be played in the future. That is interesting. First, let's talk talk about the fallout. When the selection committee talks about ADs of different universities and Arizona's in there, Arizona doesn't get to sit in there and fight all day when Arizona and UCLA is discussed. Whenever the Wildcats are discussed, they go step out. 
and the committee has to talk about it. It seems like despite what the media might think or what Bill Walton's self-described verb or I guess, you know, adjective of one Joe Lenardi, a troll, yada, 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 on a broadcast that was not ESPN. It was, I think, on the Pac-12 networks when describing Joe Lenardi and the lack of West Coast. It seems like, hey, remember, the Big Ten continues to get all this love. The Big 12 is going to get all this love. And continually, the West Coast is on the bubble, especially this year when they think they're out. UCLA could be overrated. I'm not entirely sure I fully buy Mick Cronin's thought process that it is necessarily an anti-UCLA move from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. I could be wrong. I'm not in those meeting rooms when it comes to the selection committee. Is this where they're going to stiff UCLA in a pre-tournament selection show? You know, who knows? I'm not entirely sure I buy that, but there is reasons for credibility in terms of him saying there is fallout. Is this where it's going to happen? No. We're seeing the Pac-12 as a conference. They haven't gotten a media rights deal. That's a whole nother show that Spencer McLaughlin's been talking about on Locked On Pac-12 for days now. Everybody can talk about it. Every person who follows the West Coast in high major basketball, football, even baseball, all the sports, talking about the lack of a media deal for the Pac-12. That's not exactly what McCronin's alluding to here, but there's a lot of fallout. Millions of dollars because of way back when Larry Scott and the Pac-12 got mismanaged and George Klyovkov could not... It's at this moment, resurrect and try and use big promises to bring the Pac-12 to new prominence and not die in the past of archaic ways of conferences, at least in his mind. I'm not sure the UCLA Bruins are suffering at this moment in terms of a path in the tournament. Well, Selection Sunday, I could be surprised. I'm not sure if you at home listening or viewing slash watching this podcast could think the same way as me. I just don't think that's the way it operates. I'm truly thinking that UCLA is being stiff because they lost to Arizona head-to-head has to mean a lot. And even if it's, you know, head-to-head through appropriation or whatever, you know, you have head-to-head a loss. And, you know, it makes sense. UCLA and Arizona, similar record, you lost. It is what it is. But what is interesting about what McCronin said is players will be paid and how the NCAA will look different in the future, which got me thinking, hey, you know, on that front, will payers be played in the future? I know we've been heading for name image likeness. A player cannot be paid to go score 20 points a game for UCLA. Jaime Hawkins cannot be paid to go get to play. They may set it up to make it as easy as that for other schools, and they may be cheating in other ways. Even Chip Kelly alluded, this, alluded to this in the preseason of the 2022 football season. But you can only be paid to promote something or a product or appearances or for your autographs. Like we saw players in the past, an autograph, you sign, you get paid for it. Well, that can't be the case anymore. You, you won't get suspended. You get money for that now if you got a good NIL collective. For the Bruins, they're not screwed. I don't think they're screwed based on what Mick Cronin said here. I, I disagree with him, but he gave us a good rant to remember. But there will be fallout. And maybe this is the first of some things. Maybe some Pac-12 schools won't schedule UCLA in the future, despite what would be a close relationship for non-conference. Maybe they stiff UCLA and say, no, you got to go across the country to go to Maryland. I guess you already play Maryland in the Big Ten, but you go play someone else for your non-conference. We're not going to schedule you out of spite. I'm not entirely sure about that. 
but I thought that was funny. One last little dissect part to dissect for Mick Cronin. Laughable, yada, yada, yada. He did say, we proved two years ago that your seed doesn't matter, which is, you know, for the most part true, but it does depend as an 11 seed what the Bruins get last year, fought against Michigan State. You did get, I what, believe like BYU. And then if I remember correctly, got Abilene Christian in that run. So while seeding does not matter, your one, two, or three seed, your path matters. And it gave the Bruins a fairly easy path um, near the in that tournament, which is what UCLA maybe needs more than they do a number seed. It's to play in the West. It's to have the less travel, less weary legs, considering you go from the first four. And as in 2021, that was the bubble tournament. So lack of travel, not needing to travel, and just playing basketball. McCronin, who would have thought a coach who gets his team geared to play defense and fired up? Maybe we're overlooking the Bruins who just snuck in that tournament two years ago. Last year, depends on path. You had to go through North Carolina. Who was that team that was playing hot in the tournament? But you had a cupcake potentially against St. Peter's in the Elite Eight to get to the Final Four and play Duke. So it is path more than it is number, which is what I agree with Mick Cronin. But again, so he thinks, ah, whatever our number is, he'll use that as motivation. So secretly, as he said, I I got a good laugh out of it. I gave you a lob to the media to go write about it, which is why we all talk about it, whether we're podcast people, yada, 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 whether you're opinion writers, that's all it is. So for Mick Cronin, he gave us a lob, and we're talking about it and having a fun time, which, you know, you speak about being the hunters of the hunted. If UCLA is a three seed and gets completely screwed and let's go to the Midwest as far away from the West or the East, as far away from the West as possible, Mick Cronin will use it to his advantage and the Bruins may be better off for it as long as they get a good draw. That is the most important thing. We'll talk about UCLA Cal to wrap up this episode, but not before we tell you about Built Bar, because you're going to be sitting there whining just like I will at Selection Sunday and then dining for the rest of the week during you know, conference tournaments at the end of February, early March, conference tournaments the second week of March, and then three straight weekends, including the best weekend in sports, the four days of the NCAA tournament in the first and second rounds, where I'm not sure anybody who loves college basketball, if they can, will leave their couch and turn off the television for one second with all the games on in succession. So you got to go check out a Built Bar. You got 100% real chocolate. You got to enjoy it because it's got 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. Because for me, who's not going to move my behind a single inch during the tournament unless I'm working and calling a different game you're going to want to have a snack you know you're you're going to have so much anticipation you need a snack 17 grams of protein real chocolate churro flavor peanut butter brownie doesn't get better than that go to built.com get yourself a four bar box go to Walmart Sam's Club get yourself a 13 bar box get them in person check out the flavors go try it out built bar you're not going to want to miss out on built bar Cruising on, last segment of Locked On UCLA. We haven't talked about UCLA kicking cows, but, you know, supposed big brother up in Berkeley is having one of the worst seasons, if not the worst season in program history right now. So in their only matchup of the year, potentially, I think, not even ever going to Hospitalian again as a conference member, because I don't think they'll play at Cal next year. Could be wrong. UCLA, Cal, the Bruins wipe the floor with arguably one of the worst teams in the country at college basketball on the men's side. And the Bruins came out 
and took care of business. McCronin said before he got asked about the, tur- about the tournament selection committee, we just had to stay focused and have the right attitude and come out and take care of business, which meant after Stanford, we are angry. We're not going to come out and take them lightly, which is what USC did. They came off a, a loss. They kicked Cal's butt. The Bruins came out in front of a packed-out poly pavilion and said, no, we're not going to disappoint these fans. We will certainly come through and kick some butt for sure. So UCLA, got to get excited because they came out and flat-out played. Cal was 11 of 50. 11 of 50 from the floor. 22%. They made 11 shots that entire game. In a 40-minute game, 40 minutes of you know college basketball, of game time, they made 11 shots. Most of their points came from the free throw line. They made 18 free throws. Think about that. 18 free throws, and you take away all those points, and you barely muster up, what, say 25 points from actually made shots? My goodness. And while the Bruins didn't turn them over in ridiculous points like they've done other teams, UCLA shot well, got in the paint. They had 44 points in the paint. Of their 78, the Bruins just manhandled the Bears inside, made the majority of their free throws as opposed to the Stanford game where they completely choked at the charity stripe and almost cost them the game. And despite a light shooting night from downtown, wasn't exactly a a singleton three-point shooting clinic, considering the majority of the Bruins shot more. UCLA was able to use their bench. We got 17 minutes of Etienne, 16 of McClendon, got 18 minutes of Dylan Andrews. Everybody split some time. And despite Nuba and Abramozaka being out for an injury and an illness, which they would have gotten significant time in this one, UCLA up and down the board, did not mess around. Jaime Hawkins Jr., 20-8. and eight. And more importantly, and Mick Cronin talked about this. Amari Bailey coming back, feeling good after having his worst game since returning from injury after a month off for Amari Bailey against Stanford, getting benched for lack of deflections and just not being in that game against Stanford. Bailey, 16 points on better than 50% shooting, nine rebounds and three assists. He did have 40% of the turnovers for UCLA for their 10 which is what's striking him, the freshman turnover bug. But Bailey played well. It was nice to see him come out and play. Jalen Clark, 13 points, five rebounds, three assists. But it was Amari Bailey that came in and out of the starting five had the most steals, had the most rebounds, and the second most amount of points in an almost all-around performance for the freshman. As you you can talk about, Tiger's not going to have a game that's always dominant. Bona can't always save you with blocks on the back end. you got to have good defense up front. You have to have a good two or three guard that steps up and plays some good defense because in the tournament, what's going to win? You're going to have a guard that goes for 30 points and hits ridiculous step-back threes in this day and age of basketball. While Purdue's going to force it into Edie, and we'll have to see what Bona can do if they play a matchup in the tournament at any point. A lot of these games will be won with heaves at the horn for threes or whatever. You're going to need Bailey to play good defense, be a strong rebounding guard, for a team that, like UCLA, that can be a bit undersized. And if Bailey's hitting his shots, that just relaxes the pressure put on the shoulders of the rest of the Bruins scoring, whether it be Clark, if he has an off game, Hawkes. But if Bailey's scoring, it is nice to see that the Bruins had their freshmen maybe take over a game in a need-be scenario upcoming in the Pac-12 tournament or even 
against Arizona coming up pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. So it's nice to see there. The Bruins, they just flat out kicked their butt. They came out an energized arena. Maybe in previous years when Pauley Pavilion wouldn't be packed and there wasn't as much buzz, UCLA would maybe have let this game a little bit closer. This time they said, nope, we're kicking their butt. It was over from their started when they started. Josh Lewin was fun to listen to with Tracy Murray. The Bruins were just excited, ready, and they blitzed the Bears, almost like the Trojans did. I believe 12, something nothing before the Bears could score. And the Bruins, I'm surprised they even let them score 40. It is what it is. The Bruins against one of the worst offenses in the country versus one of the best defenses. Defenses, they proved it and flat out said, Cal, sorry, go back home. Don't even deserve to be on the floor with us this year. It can change in years in the future. This year, they didn't belong in the same league, the same conference, on the same floor. And the Bruins played like it. Nice to see. The unbeaten streak continues in Pauly. A tough matchup coming up against Utah and Colorado on the road, the Mountain Schools, and then they come back to play ASU in Arizona. You win all those games, you're almost a one. You should be a one seed. You win all those games, you're a one seed. Then the Pac-12 tournament comes, which could be where UCLA falls or strengthens their case to be a one seed or a two seed in the West. We'll talk about that when it comes up. Softball should be number one pretty soon. Women's basketball playing Stanford. We'll react to that because that is a huge game for women's basketball. Baseball flat out wiped the floor with Omaha. An exciting week. One of the more exciting weeks for UCLA sports, I would think, of the last weekend for anything that didn't include a championship. We're excited. Get your hands up, Bruins fans. Go make Locked On College Basketball your second listen. They are a good preview for the tournament. And I'm Zach anderson Yoxheimer signing off. We'll be back for the next episode and the next Mick Cronin rant. It was comical, but hopefully you guys had fun on this one. Hands up and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see LA. UCLA fight, fight, fights. This has been... Locked on UCLA. Go Bruins.